Hey, hey, it's the Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Don Gumbelson and Lee Radswell, along with my co-hosts, Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer. Welcome to the Bravo Breakdown. Hey, hey, we have a birthday girl. It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me. Oh. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, it is me. It's me. Starting off. Oh, 32. Week. I remember what it was like to be 32. Uh, it's, I'm so excited to like really be getting into my 30s, you guys. Like finally feeling it, like becoming a becoming a real woman and just just finally embracing what it's like like i just i feel like this is my decade to like not give a fuck i'm excited i'm excited 32 it's amazing can i borrow your id i'm still trying to get on the clubs <laughs> bars sorry sorry grandpa no <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, it would never work because I've got a full head of hair, so never. <laughs> I'll always remember your birthday just because it's uh, it's in, in consecutive days. It is your birthday, Pearl Harbor Day, and my sister's birthday. And I listed those in order of lessening importance to me. <laughs> so you're more important than Pearl Harbor and my sister, and Pearl Harbor is more important than my sister. But what about the other Samantha in your life? Your best friend from college, whose birthday is uh, also, also on also. your sister's birthday. Yes. Uh, when I first yeah. met you, yeah. I thought your birthday was Christmas because your middle name's Noel mm. and you have red hair. And I knew it was December. So that's like how I make mental notes. So it was really <laughs> caught off guard. I was like, you're, you're like, I think you're three weeks off on your own birthday because in my head. Hey, I can, I'm still in the same goddamn month. Freaking Kim Kardashian, that her middle name's Noel as well, but she's a fucking Libra. Mm. Like she's born in October, so girl. Of course she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is. Yep. She's and- like Kimberly Noel, and I'm like, you're not near, you're not close enough. I mean, at least she's closer than like June, which is complete opposite end. So there we go. Hmm. Well, on Sunday, which is the day we're recording this, I taught my birthday ride, which was a sold out ride, which was a lot of fun. We had like put it on my IG. Some people like come out that Wednesday on my actual birthday, I'm going to be working. So that's going to be great. And then Friday, I'm going to go have some dinner, small group dinner from friends. I'm going to go to and eat a whole bunch of carbs and cheese Mm. because that's what I feel like. (laughs) Although today I've, I've been eating a lot of sweets because one of my writers baked me a bunch of sweets. He's, he's a really good baker. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm taking most of these home. Special kind. like Well, no, not edibles, not edible kind, but special kind in that they are home baked by a man who like should win the great British bake off. Like that's, that's who he is. He like made these brown butter, oatmeal, chocolate chunk cookies that are so good. And then he also made these little, and I don't remember the name of them, but there's like these Portuguese custard tarts and with a little cinnamon and a little lemon zest, but they're custard. And they are so freaking, it's my new favorite dessert. They're so good. They're so good. And I've got so many of them. I think I'm just going to eat them all for one meal. And I might throw up afterwards, but it'll be completely- Birthday girl girl dinner. It will be. It'll be birthday girl dinner, sugar overload, and yeah, 
but it'll be great. Stacey, I don't mean to make this awkward, but uh, thanks for the invite to your birthday dinner. <laughs> Rude. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's because you live so far away. <laughs> I would have come out for you. I have mixed feelings about <laughs> him giving the baked goods because on one hand, that's great. I appreciate all that stuff. But on the other hand, on Lee, I tweet often about giving baked goods to frenemies as a like passive aggressive way to make them fat so i don't know whether you should thank the guy or or stab his tire um it's a very beverly hills it's a very beverly hills housewives logic God, your brain is so twisted. If it had come from a woman, maybe mm, I would have thought that. That's true. That's it's true. Certain women, but but from him, no, it's uh, it's nothing but love. So I appreciate it. These pure intentions are throwing me off, and it's an unfamiliar, <laughs> unfamiliar territory here. Yeah. <laughs> yup. Well. Speaking of cattiness, weight loss, exercise, celebration, <laughs> I guess we should get into weed. Beverly Hills. Yeah, weed. Oh, well, that was something yeah. another another uh, student of mine gifted me some edibles. Mm. So that was oh, that was perfect. Yes, yes, of which I am on right now, which is great. But that's not the sleepy oh. time kind, so it's great. Oh. So I'm just like perfectly a PUI mm-hmm. podcasting under the influence. Oh, yes, that yeah, always goes well. Historically, that always goes well. It's I mean, we we know how that is when the when yeah. the, when it hits <laughs> when the when the edible hits, Stacy. <laughs> it's why I'm on my couch today. Hello. She's going to be like Denise Richards at Kyle's weed dinner. This. Well, yeah, what was well, that? Okay. Was not weed. Cool. I, I have a question. Um, uh, so this is my first experience with Denise on Housewives mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, as as we've discussed at length, um, is she always like that? No. Like, just Actually, in general? No. Like, uh-uh. I mean, she was hysterical. The rea- I mean, she broke the fourth wall. She looked at the camera to do like a... So yeah, it was. I was like, "Wow, I did not know this, Housewives did this that." This seasoned actress, mm-hmm. veteran reality star, who before Housewives had her own e show called like Keeping mm-hmm. Up with the Denisians or what I forget, but it was on E, and it was that kind of a Kardashian style show for one season. She she looked straight at the camera and winked while delivering a line. I. I thought it was funny. I don't know what I, she it, was on. Her costume. Well, and I love she and she she was like, "Oh, no, no, I'm not doing any of the the THC. None for me." And it's like, "You don't need any. You what? are so good." Her reaction shots were hysterical though. Like they should just have a camera on her at all times. You know, she she yeah. kind of like not to be mean. There were times where I was like, if she wasn't so pretty, I think she was like a stroke victim. The way she was speaking, like her face was crooked. And she was. It's okay. He's going to hell already. It's no, no. I mean, really, if she was like old and in a wheelchair, I would have been like, oh, the way she speaks, it's like. Well, that that was another thing that I like. Again, maybe she's always been like that. When did her voice get so deep and raspy? Maybe I'm just thinking of her actress voice, like back in the day. But this is not the same voice. 
Like this is somebody yeah. who's been smoking gravel cigarettes for like forty years. Okay, now you're. Now it's you're definitely gotten me. deeper. Yeah, now <laughs> now that, that's that's Jordan's goal voice. Yep, it's like he's like I want to be two octaves lower than Kathleen Turner. Is what he wants. <laughs> he's like and lower than than Harvey Firestein. <laughs> like let's get it somewhere lower yeah, than yeah, that, yeah. gravelier than that. Yeah, when she pulled up to that dinner, I actually had I was like. Wait, what? I was like, her at Kyle's house. And I was like, bringing up, what is this? What is this? And I was like, it wasn't Denise at Kyle's house. It was Kim and Brandy at Kyle's house that started. That's in the guest house, or the pool house. And I was like, but I was just like, oh my God, that was the scene that started the whole Denise thing that sent her running from the show. So I was like, she was returning. But Santa came early for me. We had two of my favorite people slash nemesis in the same room. Faye Resnick. Was one of them morally corrupt? Yeah. Faye Resnick and Camille (laughs) Grammer together. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like two champions. I I know. I feel like the wind ring. People, oh, yeah. Some people talk about like their their fantasy league of like LeBron and Michael Jordan playing at their peaks. No, for me, for me, it's pretty much Faye Resnick and Camille Grammer forced into the same room again, <laughs> almost across the table from each other. Almost, Faye knew what to do. Yeah, I was really disappointed when the, I mean this. It was the THC CBD dinner where nobody actually got to taking any of those things mm-hmm. i assume we'll continue this next week but it was just funny that all the fights broke out when nobody had taken anything i guess except for a lot of wine um but when the when the server went down the line like asking them there that's kind of cool i've never done a meal like that mm-hmm. where they actually ask you the specific dosage you want and mm-hmm. you know so, uh, denise garcelle uh i can't remember who else were like none zero and dorit was like one and a lot of fives but they ask faye first and she said five. And I was really hoping they would ask her last, like all these five, zero, one, and they get to Faye and she's like, 50. Give me 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you, what would your dosage have been at that dinner? Well, I don't know what to gauge that on. Like, I, like, you know, if you're talking about like a five milligram or 10 milligram gummy that lasts such and such time, I don't know how those, the drops like that liquid form, I don't know how long that lasts, how strong it is. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I would probably pull the Dorit and just go low. And then if I needed more, I would ask yeah. for more. I think it's, I think it's kind of gauged throughout the whole meal of like, well, well, I actually, I don't know. I could be wrong. It, yeah, the, they, different I would have gone ten. To be honest with you, I just would have gone ten. Yeah, I was said, let's go ten. Let's have some fun. Well, ten is the equivalent of one standard gummy, and I like how delicate mm-hmm. these women are pretending to be because I know a few of them who right. know their way around an edible, who know their way around mm-hmm. a gummy, and they're like, "Oh, oh, will it will it mix with my liar?" You know. This. These these are women who have been rolling who rolled joints before they could roll up hundred dollar bills. <laughs> like that's what they were doing. Like these women know weed. Mm. So mm-mm. so that was funny. But um, yeah. So he did kind of explain that's gauged throughout the meal. So it's like distributed through courses. 
so it's just trying to maintain it essentially. Yeah. Like you, it gives you a certain level of high, and then the the, the rest of it maintain. Okay, that makes sense. I wouldn't have wanted it. I I would have been I would have been more ner- I would have been nervous too if I were them too because it's a different re- being on camera. It's a different reaction. Drinking kind of heightens mm-hmm. your TV persona. But I was thinking about like I'd be I'd smoke weed at the very end of the night when I'm done with everyone. It's like for bedtime. I couldn't, I'd be weird. I'd be sitting there at the table staring. I'd be like, you know what I mean? So like, I get why they were hesitant, but it was, but the way they made it sound like it was foreign and new to them. I was like, liar. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. such a liar. Camille. No, she took it. (laughs) That was pretty cool. Yeah. Camille took it. I know. I was like, yeah. So you're such a fucking liar, Kai. Dorit Sutton. Dorit and Sutton, yeah. No, wait, Dorit took, at least she took a microdose. Who didn't? Sutton didn't take any. Garcelle didn't take any. And Denise. Denise, oh yeah. 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 But but I like how like Garcelle called her out, was like, I don't know what she's on. Said that she was slurring. She was like, she's on something else. Also, I do think it's because going back to how they were getting in these fights before they were even served any weed. I think it just goes to show you how most of them are drinking and they're getting in fights. And it's like how alcohol is more likely to cause a fight mm-hmm. than weed is like, cause weed, you're just like, ah, I wish they wish they'd been given a, you know, a, a weed cocktail in a sense mm-hmm. to start off with, to chill them out. So, but then of course that's not really what we want to be. Yeah. I was going to say alcohol, yeah. maybe some cocaine. I don't know. Alcohol things that are more <laughs> conducive that bring out your personality where that's what I was saying earlier. Weed, I wouldn't be the same person. And I think I'd just be like, I, you know, you're not going to get as much action. Weed you're given. <laughs> What do you? What kind of liability issues do you think Bravo would have if they did an ayahuasca dinner? Because I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. Sutton's trying to swim on the dining room table. It'd be great. You know, they actually, I don't know what network it was for. There were going to be a couple Bravo celebrities on. So I don't know if it was Peacock or just a completely different network. But they were planning on filming one, a reality show. Um a few months ago, it got canned, but it was sending uh, some reality figures down to Mexico for an ayahuasca retreat. Yeah. It got, it got. Um, I think there was too no. much liability involved, and they ended up. Oh yeah, it. horrible things could happen. I think that's also just such a like a private thing. It seemed ayahuasca trips seem to have become very commercialized. Granted, I'm. I'm not against it. I'm not, I haven't taken it before. I've never like, it's not something I really want to do, but at the same time, I'm like, never say never when it comes to that, but it just seems so commercialized. And I really wouldn't want to see a TV show about it, to be honest with like, there's certain, for me, there's certain boundaries that are weird. I mean, we all have weird boundaries in all, in all honesty. And that's a weird boundary for me. That's kind of over here. I was like, I don't really want to see a show about ayahuasca. Now, granted, if it was there, would I watch it? Yes. Maybe I would feel dirty about it. And take a shower afterwards, but 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 what's interesting is that on Miami this week, Adriana did a ketamine treatment mm-hmm. and allowed that to be filmed, and she had like a you know a breakdown, breakthrough, whatever you know, and she's like, I got to take four of these, you know, 
to do it. But that was interesting. But that's also her on her own saying, this is a form of therapy I want to do. And I'm willing to have myself. It's not like we're making an entire show around ayahuasca. Yeah, this show is going to be like a limited, just like a group of them going down to one of those retreats. And um, how have I know? It, it didn't. They ended up, it was so close to production. Like they were, they couldn't get like insurance and things like that. So. But, oh, you know, it was fun. Something I, I watched the episode twice this week because there was a lot to pick up in it and a, like cross referencing my memories of that time and what was going on. But screw all that for a second because what I noticed and I never noticed before in that room when Sutton and Kyle, when, when Sutton and Kyle go off into the den to have their sit down and then Crystal walks in and sits down. You know how my mind works. I looked at the chair Crystal was sitting on. It was it was the same fabric. It was Carol Radswell, Lee Radswell's famous Scalamandra silk velvet tiger. The one that No. It's a, that is you can very buy it. Specific. It's extremely expensive, but of course that's what my heart skipped. I was like, "Oh my god." And I tried <laughs> screenshotting it today. But um, Peacock has that thing where it blacks out your screen when you hit screenshot. Mm. So that was fun, though. That's an, what, it, what do you What do you guys think about? I know, I know, Nate. I know Nate's leaning towards getting a cut of that three hundred thousand a month, so he's team set. Uh, you mean that that three hundred thousand a month might be going up because evidently her yeah. mystery ex that has a. What, does anybody know what he does? Yeah, he works like he was literally. She described him as globally powerful. He he's like well, I don't. What does that he's mean? He's a high exec. He's a high level executive at Pimco, which is one of the largest oh. um, investment firms, like investment funds. Um, it's okay. based in it's based in Orange County, I believe, actually. Yeah, but it's an internet. It's huge. Like they have billions and billions under their um, management. It's it's funny because that was a another fight between Sutton and Kyle, where Kyle and this time Kyle being completely sober, unlike mm-hmm. at Garcelle's party last year with that ugly fight that happened between the two of them, which Nate you don't know anything about, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get over that. Um, but this time Kyle's completely sober, but Kyle comes off looking bad again because. She has no empathy for Sutton. And now look, rich girl crying, rich girl tears over rich girl problems. So, and there's a level of me that's like, oh yeah, okay, you've got to go back up with that. But I also get, I can understand how A, Sutton's like, I have to go deal with my husband, my ex-husband legally now. That's a huge thing. That's a stressor. Like I'd rather not have to go do that again and spend money on that again too. Third, you know, that, but but also what I really am trying to say is that Kyle, we're friends off screen, I thought. And these are things that we've talked about. Like, you know, about my relationship with my ex-husband, you know, my children, you know, this son that never gets to be shown on television because my ex-husband has an embargo against that. So, I would expect a little bit more sympathy from you 
when it comes to this. Yes, I was acting weird. And like, and, and it was an opportunity for Kyle to like, at least get Sutton to hold a little bit of accountability. We're like, well, then tell me about these things instead of going off on me and, you know, being angry at me for this. But instead, Kyle does exactly what Sutton de- did and gets angry at her for it. I think it's because at the end of the day, Sutton wasn't, the thing started with Sutton. Now I have to think back because I could be wrong. It's in the end, it's Sutton wants sympathy for her ex, her her divorce, her divorce situation. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, she's coming for Kyle's marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was kind of like, I were, if I was Kyle, I'd be like, like no, you know. Do we really see her coming for Kyle's marriage? Or are we just seeing that because we're seeing, con- uh, you know, their confessionals? Do you know what I mean? Kyle, Kyle knows what's going on in the moment. She says Sutton's. That's why that's their big fight. Is that Sutton is trying to throw things out there, but she's not Rinna aggressive. Rinna will be like, "Let's mm-hmm. talk about that article." Sutton will be like, "Is there anything wrong? Are you sure that's it? Anything else?" And then when they, Kyle answered it, she was like, "Fine, I guess I'm content." Then she wouldn't say, and Kyle kept daring her then say it. But so what I'm saying is Sutton used that excuse, saying trying to get sympathy because her ex-husband and this. But she's like questioning. Uh, her her whole mission right now is to bring the Mauricio rumors to the forefront, it w- which is good. That's a housewife's job, but to look for sympathy from Kyle in that moment is where that's what I'm trying to say. Kyle's not, you know, they're enemies right now. At this stage of the show, I think it's already forming. She's brought up Kathy. She's brought up. Um, but I also think that like Kyle played right into her hands then of like making making her look somewhat unsympathetic because like I said like rich girl problems I can't necessarily yeah you know understand those completely but at the same time I'm like if I was like feeling like I was going through a hard time and my friend was like so what okay I would be like are you serious <laughs> like Raina went what Sutton's kind of trying to drag kyle's marriage into her bad time so i don't know i just see from that i guess i don't agree with i guess at least i'm not seeing that i'm not seeing that like i i agree that sutton is talking about kyle's marriage and is trying to get kyle to say yo it's trying to get kyle to admit to some to whatever's going on because kyle's really good at like not admitting to whatever's going on and so, and just like what I've, what, what she posted today on her stories in reference to this, um, this therapist of basically this therapist online, it it's on, it was on Kyle's stories today, but she basically was talking about how Kyle, and I forgot about Kyle losing her friend, Laureen right. to suicide earlier this year. And that a lot of this is a reaction of Kyle's, you know, to the suicide and which then makes sense in that context. And then the, maybe she didn't get the, the kind of emotional support that she needed from Mo, you know, mm. or didn't really know how to receive it and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot more going on and it's, it's Kyle's prerogative whether or not she wants to talk about her friend who was always off camera, you know, her suicide or not. 
But at the same time, it's also one of those things that sometimes, like I've said before, when a housewife loses a parent or a family member, they should really step back and take a break because they can lose it pretty quickly. That like something like this, if you lose a, a really close friend to suicide like that, I think that's also something that needs to be somewhat at least addressed if you're staying on the show of like, hey, there's some, there's yeah. a lot of grief I mean, happening she's, she's here. gone through a lot. And I, I was wondering, I want to, now I need to look at the timeline with her, Morgan, because I had some thought. First of all, I have to say, this was the first time I heard Morgan's voice and my jaw dropped. I honestly, I just want to say, I think she's adorable. It's the the accent, her personality. I enjoy her thoroughly. I, so I hope you know what I hope she's they're cute. a couple. I hope she's on for she's adorable. But no, I, would- I I think I think Morgan totally gets so many straight women. She totally does too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking about. Like in the context of you know she went through that big loss. Um, Kyle went through mm. that big loss. It was her childhood best friend. I mean, Mm -hmm. truly close. This wasn't a real housewife circle woman. This was a lifelong friend. And um, you know, her kids are growing. She's always identified as a mom. Her kids are leaving the nest. Um, She only, uh, and you know, the marriage is on the rocks and stuff. And it's like, I don't necessarily think it's romantic, Kyle and uh, Morgan. I think maybe there's, a female version of a bromance going on, but I really think yeah. she just needs some kind of almost someone to mother in a way, but also someone to be her friend and sidekick. I was watching their mm-hmm. dynamic and it's cute on it. They have a funny relationship together, but I didn't see like sexual tension. What I saw was like what? a companion well, Kyle did a bit of they're into each other maybe I saw a bit of I saw a bit of sexual tension there but not necessarily sexual tension that said to me oh they're fucking yeah like playful playful is well I saw I saw a lot of flirtation mm-hmm. and there are some eyes especially coming from Kyle like I think Kyle has a crush on Morgan and and that's okay like that's that like you like (laughs) like i think she has a crush on morgan and whether or not that's gone any further since like that time who knows but like who who really cares and she she did brand morgan with her her initial yeah that was that's what's weird and that's what's kind of freudian though to me if that like that that was the one thing i was kind of like it it seemed like morgan was a little uncomfortable too she's like really like oh okay we're gonna we're doing this okay (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like you could have given me a Campbell soup can and then you gave me a K instead. Just throwing it out there. I don't have any tattoos. I'm not edgy or cool enough. However, if someone from that family wants to brand me, I might, I might find room. <laughs> Show it off. Yeah, no. <laughs> give you the, the, Ilt, the Hilton honors tattoo. <laughs> I would totally be the greatest moment of my life. No. <laughs> I just had a question before we, we move on. Um, that Anne Marie Wiley mm-hmm. is this? Uh-huh. Has she been on before? Is no. that is she like a recurring character? Are they is she are they trying to make her happen? Because I from what I could tell on my Twitter timeline, very polarizing. And and actually no, not very polarizing. Everybody hated her. Okay, so her the issue. So they brought her on to be full time, but from the looks of it. There's a chance, which they can do like mid-season, kind of scale you back. That was her big intro this week. 
Um, but if you look at how much focus they gave her, they can scale you back and make you friend of. This was her debut, and she didn't have a diamond in the beginning of the episode. Well, she's she's also gonna. It's gonna be a big headache for Bravo. I don't know if you're familiar with um, her husband. Uh, her husband is Marcellus Wiley. He's a um, he played in the NFL for about ten years. Then he worked for ESPN, Fox Sports, not Fox, Fox Sports. Now he does a podcast. But he was recently named, like in the last few weeks, um, uh, accused of rape mm-hmm. uh, as oh. part of the Adult Survivors Act. Like he was accused by a, 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 a an acquaintance of raping her in their freshman dorm at Columbia University back in 1994, mm. and Basically, it, she and the, the woman who accused him uh, said she took it to all the proper authorities, took it to like the, you know, the RAs, the dean of students, like everything. And she says that they completely swept it under the road. Like the school mm. made an active effort mm. to make sure it went away and even convinced her she was in the wrong. And from mm. what I've seen, like when this story sort of broke a few days ago about Marcellus Wiley, other people kind of came out like one in particular on Twitter that um, I don't know how much to believe her, but she claimed that she worked in the, like the student affairs office at Columbia during that time. And she said, this is not the first accusation. He's been accused by many people. And basically the whole thing is that it appears that Columbia university covered it up because he was a star football player and the Ivy league don't get a lot of star football players. Mm. Um, so that that and they're married now. This is not an ex-husband. This is Anne Marie's husband yes. now. Mm-hmm. And so yep. you got to believe. I mean, unless she's gonna completely act like ignorant about everything, you got to believe she knows accusations against her husband. And this is not a problem. Bravo wants. Also, leading up to this, it's come out that they have some like controversial kind of like socio-political opinions. And so I don't know if she's going to add up to a return housewife. It seems almost like they're minimizing her presence. She it's she's supposed to be full time. This was her big debut episode. She didn't have a tagline or a cast photo. She was almost like an incidental guest. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see going forward. Because I hear Crystal and a big fight going forward is supposed to be crystal versus Anne Marie on their uh, differing political views. And so, um, if they edge well, around. Crystal had the great line, a great line about her, like without basically Anne Marie was introduced and Crystal was like, bitch is nosy. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's, that pretty much, that should be her tagline. Bitch is nosy. <laughs> oh, one last thing I had to give, Shout out to Sutton for this one, because at that dinner when she was trying to pick the fight with Kyle, I I did identify with Sutton, where, and I felt like Garcelle was everyone around me in my life, including you guys, where she's like, what's with the ring? I noticed you're wearing a different ring. And Garcelle's like, who notices this subtle, like... The- no, yep. but did you the yep. Garcelle's line right after that was incredible <gasps> yeah. where she says the only thing I notice about jewelry is that after the robbery, Dorit still had hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh that was shady. And she sips. <laughs> like you're like <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Garcelle, man. But yeah, I'll give Sutton points for that attention to detail because that's how I clock people too. And that's what I know. I might not remember your name, <laughs> but I'll remember that. <laughs> that custom watch or that 
emerald cut you're wearing or you know so anything else in the bravo sphere this week uh yeah well yeah bethany and dave portnoy getting into a feud over rachel that is not a feud that i would have guessed you know on my 2023 bingo card I mean, honestly, Bethany feuding with anybody, that's going to happen. I was going to say, sometimes when two horrible people connect like that, I'm like, well, they deserve each other. I mean, I, so I had only heard Dave Portnoy's name for a while about Barstool Sports and everything. And I only saw his face recently, I would say within the last 12 months, but I still kind of forgot what it looked like because I guess I blocked it. And I just, I just saw it again this evening, and I don't like to talk about people's oh, faces. And but I'm going to make an exception for this person. Him. He's because my well, and I he's mean, and it, he I, looked, I don't like oh, you know also oh, commenting. It looks other like a bo- it looks like a botched circumcision. Is what it look looks at like. a before <laughs> like, picture of day four. Oh something. yeah, yeah. So so if anybody's if if like like Jordan, you said you weren't necessarily familiar. Dave Portnoy, if you're not, is what? the founder of Barstool mm. Sports. Oh, which started off okay, as like a I'm blog, right you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now it's a huge media empire, like mm-hmm. like YouTube channels, a whole podcast network. They still have the blog, but they sort of, they're kind of infamous oh for like dealing in misogyny and racism and homophobia. Not to say that everybody who works there is, but Dave really leans into it. Like whenever somebody accuses the company of being misogynistic or anything, he totally leans into it. And he's like, yeah, we are. And he's so proud of it. He's just, he's, Mm -hmm. he's an asshole, but he's a very wealthy one because he sold Barstool to a gambling company for $388 million. So he's a very wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 where these two get tied together is that, um, I just the, a rumor started a little while ago that Dave and Rachel <laughs> were seeing each other. Rachel Levis, Raquel, Raquel, um, which seemed v- from Prompt Rules, which seemed v- very random. Raquel, um, but there yeah, were yeah. rumors from, of it, and they were because they were they're both seen in this really small Levis, Illinois so. town a few weeks ago. Like she claimed she was visiting friends. He said he was just passing through, but it was like it's this small town outside Chicago, and people are like that's weird that they're in the same place. So I guess the rumors were enough that Dave Portnoy had to um, answer for them. Like somebody, uh, somebody in the press asked him, and his response was about Rachel was, "I've never met that trash bag in my life," um, which is such a Dave Portnoy thing to say. Um, and then he also followed it up on a par- <laughs> the trash bag is verbatim what he said, but he also followed it up with, "I'm insulted that you would even think that to this to the media person," and of course Bethany caught wind of it mm-hmm. and inserted herself and texted him. Evidently the weird thing is, is Portnoy and Bethany have a, they have a relationship. Like they're friendly, if not friends, they have each other's numbers that, yeah, I, but they have some sort of, maybe that's it. It's it, the awful. Mm-hmm. Because they're Probably. awful. So Bethany texted Dude. Dave Portnoy, I guess, after this. Because they both think that, they're more important line, than they are. To texted, her, texted him at one o'clock in the morning, say, you need to apologize to Rachel. You're, you're being very mean. And then, and then, then uh, uh, Bethany released a couple of TikToks, like saying all the things she loves Whoa. about Rachel, like defending her. And then she ended up deleting it. She's de- producing. Uh, yeah. Well, you know why, right? 
um, Raquel now has a podcast under Bethany's brand, under Bethany's umbrella. It's uh, Raquel, Raquel Levis from uh, Pump Rules. You know, she did the, the initial sit down with Bethany and now Bethany is producing her podcast. So she's very protective. Um, I feel bad. I hope Rachel makes money. Even I, I, I don't like Bethany too, but I, I've always been team Raquel in this. Um, the way she was treated last season. It's just sad that she went from one horrible no, no, no. But yeah, Bethany, no. She went from like, one show. Yeah, I get that she was defending her, the, the person you know, whose podcast is so. part of her podcast family. But it also yeah. the way the way she inserted herself was it's such sad. a like, look at me, give me credit. Like she she yeah, had to have known that like her now. texting Dave Portnoy, you know, doing this in defense of Rachel would get out because Dave Portnoy himself addressed it because he was so pissed about it. He has his own podcast and he basically said to mm-hmm. Bethany, you think I give a fuck what you think about me? So it became a whole thing, but now it makes Bethany look kind of good because she was in, she was defending Rachel. But it's like her, I, I don't want to, this isn't the best analogy, but at this point, basically Bethany's her pimp <laughs> and that's her property. She doesn't defend people like that. First of all, yeah. she texted him, so there is a paper trail for when they fight and go on TikTok. It's a publicity stunt. And now she kind of owns... She doesn't do this out of the kindness of her heart. She is now... She she uh, Raquel went from LVP and Andy being her bosses to now Bethany owns her. She basically just... From one to the other. And... Yeah. And it's good PR for Rachel's new yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So. The whole thing. I mean, so, yeah. I don't think Bethany really was like, how dare you? Sp-? I think Bethany was like, you're coming no. for my, for my, yeah. Beth- Bethany's in it for Bethany. Yeah. But it was just funny that this was this big feud between the two people that I just hate, <laughs> not hate the most, but I hate them a lot. <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's one of those things like, is there a winner here? I don't, I don't think it's there's like, a winner here. Okay. On the scale of where like I was, th- my dream having, <laughs> having Camille Grammer and Faye Resnick back together at a dinner party was like my Olympics or whatever. Your game seven. This was like, Two matches made in hell. That's a good way to put it. They're matches made in hell. Agreed. You know what else? This is a fun one. Um, It was in TMZ today. I think you guys sent it to me too. Is that Aaliyah Black from the original Miami? She was the original like queen bee of Housewives of Miami. Um, Mm -hmm. She's selling her Star Island estate for three. 37, I think 37.5 mil. Yeah. Damn. She bought it. If you guys are wonder, you guys have, if you guys are original Miami fans, you've seen that house before because in the original run, she bought it as an investment. Um, They live in Coconut Grove, another really, I think it's called Coconut Grove, Coconut. It's a really, they live in a really swanky, nice, area in Miami, like mainland Miami. And they bought this house on Star Island, which is like the Beverly Park or the Holmby Hills yeah. in Miami. And they bought it. The 
they okay they bought it original run miami on camera they had uh, leah's son's birthday party there and they were it's yep. the one where they had it outside and they're like this is the end of the house we're gonna tear it down or something and I guess they just held on to it, but they only paid seven million for it. Seven point one mil in two thousand eleven. Mm. And the houses mm. on that—that that, that's not like a dream price. I mean, they, they like TMZ said, homes there go from like thirty-five to hundred mil. So oh there's so there, theirs is on like the low end. Yeah, they, they have it's the a base model. She bought it as a teardown, and that was the premise on well, the, the show. Mm-hmm. The biggest, I mean, so yeah, that neighborhood is super elite. Like Shaq lives there, Diddy, um, the Estefans, the, the the king and queen of Miami. Um, but the bragging rights in that, because it, you know, it's an island. Uh, the bragging rights in that neighborhood aren't the size of the house or even the house. It's the um, waterfront space. Mm. The length of your waterfront and the dock is the bragging rights in that neighborhood. And this 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 property has uh, 190 feet of waterfront, which in that neighborhood is huge. Yeah. So like that's, so even if it's a teardown, that's the valuable part. Yeah. That's what's going to make it. Damn. $30 million profit. Not too shabby. It's just funny Ooh. that that's their second house. Mm-hmm. Like the way they treated it, like they put it on the market a few years ago because they weren't sure if they wanted to keep it. It's like a Star Island house is your secondary house. That's insane. They they bought it to with the idea of um, tearing it down, like an investment, a flip, something. And then um, I don't know the backstory in the years in between. But then what, they paid seven point one. But in COVID, Miami, South Florida prices have gone up astronomically, and so it's like an amazing investment because it's a terror like. The for this thirty seven point five million dollar estate, the listing if you go online says it's an opportunity to renovate, to tear, or to start over, like to rebuild. So I'm jealous. Slash. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> of course you are. On that note, I guess if you guys want to help us achieve. to begin with. That would be fantastic. You know what you guys could do? You guys could rate, subscribe, review, and follow Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Head on over to Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. um, Share with your friends, enemies, realtors, possibly romantic, country bumpkin besties, whatever it may be. Denise Richards Pharmacist. (laughs) (laughs) on that note don't forget this is the bravo breakdown and of course if you haven't listened already we have pcp pop culture so we'll see you next episode